For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Richard Skipper Celebrates. Who or what are you celebrating tonight? I know who I'm celebrating tonight. I am celebrating an amazing talent, and that is Deborah Silver. I am so excited that she's here tonight. It's taken a while to get her here because she's busy, and I've been busy, and she's been busy, but tonight we are both here together. It is also National Paranormal Day. And how appropriate that she is here tonight because she truly is a supernatural talent. The legendary Quincy Jones says, one listen and you know, Deborah Silver is the real deal. Deborah has had a string of hit duets with celebrated artists, including Bill Medley of the Righteous Brothers, Jack Jones, Freddie Cole, Steve Terrell, Anne Hampton Calloway, American Idol, Casey Abrams, and Ray Benson of Asleep at the Wheel. Her upcoming releases include duets with superstars Tony Orlando, Ronnie Millsap, and jazz icon Diane Schur. Deedles herself. I'll tell her about the night that we had dinner together in Laguna Beach, an incredible talent. She is known for her incredible work. Uh, Deborah has recorded her first album, Pure Silver, to raise funds for a cure that is important to my heart as well, and that is to raise funds for ALS. And she continues to honor that charitable commitment to help her sister and millions of others diagnosed with that same disease. Her follow-up album, The Gold Standards, an out-of-the-box smash produced by my dear friend Steve Terrell, entered at number one on Billboard's traditional jazz albums chart. Her album, Glitter and Grits, sounds like my life story, with Asleep at the Wheel was named Broadway World's Best Commercial Recording. It landed the number one spot on both traditional jazz and Western swing charts, and number three at the Top 50 Country Album Chart. Her latest EP, Sunnyside, is an Amazon bestseller in jazz. And famed critic Rex Reed, who I've often been mistaken for, writes Deborah Silver's got it in one package. She's a thrill and swinging showbiz whirlwind. I had to read all that because I didn't want to leave anything out. I'm going to give you a glimpse of what she's all about, and then you'll see her on the other side. Here she is, and let's all tonight accentuate the positive. Accentuate the positivity, eliminate the negative. Let's on to the affirmative and don't miss a mister in between. No, I don't miss a mister in between. No, sir, I don't you mess with mister in between. That looks like a typical morning that when I was growing up in Conway, South Carolina on our farm. How are you? <laughs> hey, I'm great. Yeah, it's, it's, one, it's one of my typical mornings for sure during the pandemic. <laughs> well, you know, I grew up, I had a pet cow named Bessie and I used to get up and I used to sing to Bessie every morning. I truly did. And there you are, glitter and grits. You know, I'm so thrilled that you were here finally 
Uh, finally, yay. I'm it's thrilled. taken a while to get you here. And I want to ask who and or what are you celebrating tonight? Well, I'm celebrating being on your show, finally. And you know what? I'm just celebrating being anywhere and, and, and getting through as the world is right now. I think we should look at every single day and just celebrate that we are here and we are able to, to do the things that we are put on this earth to do. Absolutely. Now, I begin my shows with a random question. And I'm going to start with a random question with you. I haven't even looked at it. So this will set us off on whatever journey we're going to go down tonight. And the question is, what's your favorite board game? So funny, because as you were saying, I'm going to begin with a question. I was thinking, gosh, this reminds me of so many board games. <laughs> it's so weird that you said that. Uh, you know what? My favorite board game is actually Monopoly. Mine too. Oh, good. And well, we'll have to get together and play it sometime. I would love it. I would love it. I have, I have loved playing that uh, over the years, especially when our kids were young. And um, my, uh, my kids always beat us. And um, it was always, you know, it, was, it got very competitive. But um, I, I think it's important to play board games, you know, with the world the way it is this day with all the electronics and everything happening, I think people miss out. And I still have, in, in our garage, we turned it into a playroom, a very colorful playroom. I have, I painted the garage doors uh, orange, one's, one's orange, one's green, one's yellow. And the whole room is like psychedelic with confetti uh, glow in the dark carpet. And it's where we turned into our playroom for the kids. Now it's become my storage room mm -hmm. that the kids aren't here anymore. But I still have my cabinet with all our board games and I go in there every once in a while and have a little tug at my heart. Like, you know, we haven't done this. So uh, I want to bring it back, you know, on, on Friday nights when we get together with a family, I want to, I want to do those board games again. And, and I just encourage everybody to, when my kids were little, they had like one hour of screen time per day and that included TV <laughs> and any games. And um, I just feel it's so important, especially when they're young to, to do these board games and to, to play outside in the fresh air and do hopscotch and ring around the rosies. I agree with you. And it's something that I think is missing with all of us. I was listening to someone the other night talking on TV about the fact that we grew up, um, I don't know how old you are, and I'm not going to ask, but I'm 61, and I grew up at a time where, uh, no, it was, uh, the, uh, it was the, I was watching a special the other night on The Love Boat, and The Love Boat was so successful because these producers tapped into the fact that they got the younger generation, the generation of our parents, and the generation of our grandparents, right. and they brought these older stars back and put them on these shows so that the families would come together on Saturday nights and they would sit together and they would watch these shows. And I can honestly say that my parents, for the 18 years I left home when I, after I graduated from high school, but for the 18 years that I lived in my house, my parents never put their heads on their pillows, not knowing where their kids were. Well, bravo to them. And that's the way so many of us grew up. And we, we were very fortunate uh, that way. And I have to tell you, Saturday nights was my favorite night because it was Love Boat and Fantasy Island, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so those are my favorite. And then to think that I grew up 
and ended up recording a duet with Jack Jones, who was the love boat singer himself, was just, you know, the tops after that was one of my favorite shows, too. And I have to tell you, I have, I have had the good fortune of, uh, and I can consider Jack Jones a friend. Uh, I met Jack Jones when he was performing at uh, Feinstein's in New York, the original Feinstein's at the Regency. Huh. And, uh, and I just went up to him and said, you know, I'd love to interview you someday. And he says, well, what's holding you back? And he gave me his card. And a week later, uh, this was when I was writing, and it's out there, everyone. Richard Skipper celebrates Jack Jones. Look it up. The interview is there. One of the nicest men in the business. On the planet. I absolutely one of the nicest, for sure. And I will definitely look that up. Jack is, you know, he's got quite a sense of humor. So sometimes he'll call me and I'll say hello. And it won't be hello, this is Jack. It'll be just a joke. <laughs> It'll just start off with a joke. He's he's very funny, but so loving and so giving. And I, I feel so blessed to, to be able to call him my friend now too. Well, I'm going to go back a little bit, but before I go back, uh, we're going to give away your CD tonight to, to a lucky winner. Um, and I want to, we're going to get you your CD in a few moments, but the word that I chose for today is mastery because I have spent the entire day, believe it or not, uh, delving into your music. And I want to say, uh, I mean, I've been listening to your music prior to this interview because uh, thanks to our dear friend, Rosa Puzo, who's been trying to set this up for some time. And thank you, Rose, for pushing both of us. Um, I have become such a fan of you and your music and your musicality. And the word that I chose for tonight's show is mastery. And I chose this word because you have mastered not only your craft, your art, but your career, at least from my point of view. We'll talk about that. And maybe I hope that uh, you will agree with me on all of those things, uh, but uh, especially the art and the craft. Uh, but when it comes to mastery, what does that word mean to you when it comes to those three elements of your uh, art and your career? Well, first of all, let me say that is the greatest compliment anyone can give me. And I am completely flattered, but I, uh, I don't feel I have mastered anything. I think uh, I will be learning the rest of my life until the day I die. Uh, I consider um, everything around me an opportunity to learn. And, you know, I, I think I learn most from experience and I learn most from when uh, things go wrong. Like I, I'm working so hard trying to figure out something on the computer because I am just I am I am not electronically uh, um, talented. <laughs> so it takes me a while. And, you know, I go through everything. Oh, my gosh, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. And I'm you know, pulling out my hair. But then when you master it, you, you feel so good. But I, I gosh, that is the greatest compliment. I'm so appreciative, but I have such a, a long way to go. Um, but I, uh, I feel fortunate that I have been able to learn from so many masters themselves. That's, uh, that's the uh, key right there. And another one, a word that I uh, love in this business for me personally is collaboration oh. uh, because I learn from so many people. That's why I love doing this show. I learn from every person that sits on the other side of this screen. So again, thank you for being here tonight. Thank um, you so much for me. So we talked about game night and your family. 
<coughs> excuse me, I got a little tickle allergies. Um, but I asked for uh, a photograph of you as a five-year-old. We don't know if this is really you at five, but around that time frame. I love this photograph, though. <laughs> I love the house. I love the little uh, electric uh, thing because this reminds me <laughs> so much of the house that I grew up in. Um, tell us, and I love the little red shoes there. Uh, what memories does this photograph evoke for you? You know, it is so funny. Okay, I I wish I could tell you where I was going. But the one thing I remember is my mother always prepared us whenever we went out. I was probably going to a show or maybe an opera because my mother was an opera singer. But she always made sure we took our sweaters with us in case it was chilly in the room. But I was looking at that picture and I thought, oh my gosh, those red shoes. I love it. I thought, I, I never knew I was so daring. And uh, I, I do not even remember having them. Normally I remember everything. But I'll tell you something funny. I did not have a lot of hair for a long time. And I think that picture, um, probably when you asked me for a picture when I was at five, I uh, went back through my photo album and my uh, younger sister was born when I was five and she wasn't quite in the photo album yet. So that's why I think it was right before I was five. But the thing about the hair is for years, my mother would scotch tape bows to my hair. <laughs> not have enough hair <clears throat> now now I've, I've got quite quite a bit but uh back then and it's so funny because uh with my dogs my mother always says are you gonna scotch tape bows in their hair too? <laughs> so you have a sister so uh younger sister do you have other brothers and sisters i do i have two sisters i am right in the middle and they are both my best friends. Um, and as you were speaking about earlier with ALS, uh, very unfortunately, my older sister uh, got ALS and she's going into her 14th year fighting. God bless her. Absolutely. She's amazing. That's I mean, a miracle. That, God bless her. She's got work to do. That's why she's still here. You know what? I say the same thing. Absolutely. And you know what? She's already been doing that work because what she does is she inspires everyone around her. I mean, it's it's incredible to hear the stories because um, she is such a fighter, but she is fighting this disease with such courage and dignity. And um, she's written a book, which I'm hoping she's, she's going to finish it and get it out soon about um, from the patient's perspective about being a caretaker. And it's so important because there's a lot of caretaker uh, books and information out there, but this is purely from a patient's perspective of what they need and what would help them from their caretakers. Well, if she's ever up to coming here, I'd love to have her on the show. My gosh, she would love it. And you would love to to meet oh, her. You, you both can come together. I'd oh, love to have that. She, you know, Richard, when you're young and, even on any shows, people say, you know, who's your hero? That's a common question. I think as a child you get, and I think as a child, I always was reaching for who's the movie star, the political star, whoever it is. But all along I found out it was my sister and she's really my hero. Margie is her name. And uh, how, may I ask, how old was she when she was first diagnosed with ALS? She was not even, uh, she wasn't even she oh, hold on, let me back up. She was in her late forties, mm -hmm. and um, 
And so, does she have children herself? Yeah, and, and her youngest was seven, which wow. is a shame. And she has three boys. And uh, her the boys are, you know, they grew up having to, you know, learn how to take care of their mom, especially that seven-year-old. I mean, he, he, he would come home and cook her dinners. Oh, my God. God bless him. That's a hero right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's really incredible. And um, it's it's uh, she, I think, has been fighting this because she is determined to see them, you know, all graduate college, all get married and just to follow her boys. They're they're her life. And and she is uh, she, she she ain't given up. I can tell you and that. How old is the youngest now? Uh, the youngest is a senior in college. Wow. Are there any prospects there for a marriage? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not pushing him if he's watching. So, yeah. Well, all I can say is no one tells, you know, the aunts and the moms, nobody tells, tells you anything unless <laughs> there is a real prospect. But uh, so I, I shouldn't say no. I don't know. So when you were growing up in this family, you know, uh, was there a lot of music in your household? I mean, because obviously uh, music and especially uh, one of your albums is called The Gold Standards. Uh, so obviously you have this gold standard that you aspire to. Was that the kind of music that you grew up listening to? And there's also what which I love about you, Deborah, is this mix of country and uh well, you know, people don't think of country music as part of the Great American Songbook, but it is part of the Great American Songbook. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's all American. It is. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, okay, I grew up in Mississippi, in Jackson, Mississippi, and my favorite music, I, I just loved to dance. And so my favorite music was anything I could dance to. I loved R&B. I, uh, I just knew that I wanted Luther Vandross to sing at my wedding one day. I mean, I love the Commodores, Earth, Wind & Fire. Now it's funny because I know uh, J.D. Nicholas from the Commodores sang on one of the songs I wrote and Philip Bailey I know from Earth, Wind & Fire through the Jazz Foundation. And it's funny how I, I you know, got, got to meet a lot of my heroes. But I think the R&B inspired me in all the other music. And of course, I, I listen to everything, but everything I do has a, a, a little hint of an R&B. Sometimes, you know, it's too many R&B licks and the producer says, wait, whoa, back off. <laughs> it's too much. But um, my mother was an opera singer. Uh, she was a, a lyric soprano. And my dad was a jazz saxophone player. So I guess that kind of made me a musical mutt, truthfully. So what was, I mean, you are growing up with this music. Uh, when did you ha first have an opportunity? When did you discover that not only did you enjoy the music, but you had a gift for the music? This is so funny. I was really, um, I, I was very outgoing. I was a comedian and a clown and I, I played uh, the piano. I took like 12 or 13 years of classical piano, but I didn't sing. And I don't know why. I think I was so shy to sing. I didn't want to sing out in front of anyone. And then when I got to high school, I auditioned for, it was a very prestigious uh, chorus 
at Murrah High School in Jackson, Mississippi. So the choral group um, I auditioned for, and that was the first time I really ever sang for anyone. And no training. It, this was just a natural voice. You just went in and sang for them. Yes. And the crazy thing is I, I could slap myself because my mother taught voice lessons <laughs> and I never would take anything. I was just always so shy. I didn't, I just didn't want to sing in front of anyone. And, um, my, my mother, I would remember doing my homework in my bedroom and I would hear everybody that came to our house sing Moon River. And so, uh, oh my God, that, that uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, today I'm going to say this and Rose is going to agree with me right now because today is uh, National Paranormal Day. Oh, yes. And Moon we River, just... no, Moon River, there's a special <laughs> connection here. Because Moon River was written the year I was born. And my grandmother always told me that when that song was mentioned or that she was nearby. And so oh here you mentioned. <laughs> Rose is going to say that's right. So she's there. So, I love that. Oh, so there it is. That is so great. Well, hi. To Moon you. River, there, Grandma. Tell her hi. <laughs> um, and, and, and so when I asked my mother, as I got older and, you know, became a singer, I said, mama, what was it that you had to teach Moon River to everybody? Is it like, you know, the, the, the range, is it the way you project it? What, what was it about it? That was so special. You had to teach it to everybody. And my mother said, well, it was the only song I knew how to play on the piano. <laughs> great i love it but um i i um i always say i was i was um you know i i sang solo i sang solo no one could hear me and that's kind of how i was in high school but when i got to college i started auditioning for the musicals and and uh luckily landed the lead and um so i think i was uh, either a freshman or a sophomore and my parents came to see me in this musical and my mother I remember so clearly I could hear my mother telling me that my my mother's name is Sandy my dad's name is Bob and uh, my mother said they were sitting in there and I sang the first song my mother leaned over to my father and goes Bob Debbie can sing <laughs> and so that was it and after that I uh I you know really aspired to to want to sing now, did you have an, a lot of opportunities in Jackson to be able to Jacksonville to be able to sing there? Uh, you know what? I went to uh, Washington University in St. Louis. So after I graduated from high school, I went to college, and um, I, and I, I performed in college. But after that, um, I, I got involved in the Miss America pageant. And um, my talent was playing classical piano. I did not sing. And I was always first runner-up. Deborah, you didn't uh, twirl a baton? <laughs> While I was playing the piano. <laughs> <laughs> if I'd done that, maybe. But um, so, so I was first runner-up. And um, I was a senior in college. And all my friends said, you need to sing. You need to sing. And you can win. So I got this guy. He was a, a pageant you know, guy, Coordinator. They, you know, they gave me his name and I went to see him and he taught me this one song, Johnny one note. And I sang Johnny could only sing one note and the note, the note he sang was this. 
And the next thing I knew, I was holding the trophy. I was Miss St. Louis. <laughs> oh, good for you. So uh, that kind of got me involved. And then I started doing um, industrials. I got hired to just start, you know, entertaining, whether it was the Mississippi Power and Light Company or whoever it was, and um, started putting together the music. And um, and then I had Excuse me for interrupting, but was it because of this that the career starts to take off? Or did you make a conscious decision that you were going to pursue a career as a singer? I knew I wanted to be an entertainer. And I knew I wanted to be an entertainer, even though I was so shy about singing. I, um, I knew I wanted to be in that world. And so when I had to apply for colleges, I really should have gone to Juilliard. I should have applied. and But I don't know. My, my, um, I was a straight A student. And so all my life, my family said, you're going to be the doctor in the family. And I said, okay, you know, I just, <laughs> I heard it so much. Uh, and so I, uh, I went to Washington University in St. Louis. It's one of the top uh, pre-med and med schools in the country. They call it the Harvard of the Midwest. And um, it's actually very difficult to get into. And so I was so thrilled, you know, I was in and I, I got there my freshman year and I realized I... I, I, I want to perform. I'm such a ham and everybody I'm going to see, you know, I'm going to be seeing patients one at a time in the room and they're all going to be sick. This isn't what I want to do. And, uh, and so I changed and I um, put a special major together for public relations and business, wow. but I auditioned for all the, the musicals out of the, um, the theater world. And, and it was primarily because my parents had told me, we understand you, you know, you want to go into entertainment, that's fine, but get a solid career to back you up. And so that's really how I went there thinking I was going to be a doctor. I don't know. I must have thought I was going to be a singing doctor or something, but <laughs> now I just play one on TV. So <laughs> now did you audition for the Muni? Did you, I mean, the Muni, very famous theater in St. Louis. Yes, it is. No, I did not. I primarily did all of the um, work uh, in college and in with pageants. Um, but I loved going to the Muni, but I think most of the shows at the Muni were brought in mm -hmm. from New York. And what's crazy, Richard, is I, uh, I saved, you know, all the programs. And then years later, I mean, years, years later, I started thumbing through the program and they're all my friends, like all these people who would come in from Broadway were in my program. And then I was in the show. I did a chorus line in Los Angeles I was Diana Morales and uh, the people that I saw at the Muni do it that had been on Broadway were the people I was in the show with. I mean, it's crazy how this world works. It's, it's the craziest thing. It's almost as if you manifest all this. Uh, and I really do believe in that. Uh, so as all this is beginning to happen, uh, you are, do you, are you mapping out a career for yourself or are you finding it's the people that you're meeting as you go along? Uh, do you have a game plan at this point as you start to figure out uh, the path that you're on right now? Well, I, I just knew I wanted to be in show business. Um, I don't think I, 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 I should have mapped it out better. Uh, when I landed in Los Angeles, um, okay, let's start there. Okay. Uh, there's a fork in the road. Uh -huh. And one is Broadway. One is Los Angeles. Why Los Angeles instead of New York? Oh, again, I made the 
wrong decision. No, no, no. I, you know, I don't think there are wrong decisions. You made the right decision. I I felt like it's not the wrong decision, but, but for, for what my talent was at the time, I should have gone to New York and started auditioning, but I'll tell you why I went to LA. My younger sister, Sherry, uh, went to USC, University of Southern California. Mm -hmm. And I, my parents said, you know, we're going to look at the school. If you'd like to come with us, you know, if it, if it, you know, will help you make a decision of what you want to do, then, then come with us. So I went, I fell in love with Los Angeles. I thought it was the coolest place. And I loved it so much. I just said, this is where I'm going. I'm I'm moving here. So that kind of changed everything. And all of a sudden I started, um, you know, auditioning for TV and film and, uh, you know, even put any of the aspirations of singing and dancing aside for a while. Cause I, I just, I went into a whole nother place, but, um, I ended up for a while rooming with a girl who was Miss America. So all the pageant girls kind of stuck together. And, uh, my third day there, I got an audition and interview, uh, for a soap opera. And um, like within two weeks, I I had a small part on a soap opera. And uh, so my parents had told everybody, you know, all their friends in the whole state of Mississippi when I was going to be on and to watch my big debut. And of course, uh, the president preempted my appearance. So it it never aired, never got to see it. It was long before. I'll tell you, I learned a long time ago. If I'm going to do something on TV or something, I don't announce it to anybody. And you know, if they catch it, they catch it because that's <laughs> happened to me on more than one occasion. Oh my gosh, it's well. the worst. It's just horrible. So, but you're starting to, you know, we what are you starting to meet the right people, uh, or are you starting to meet the wrong people, which can also happen in this business? My dad went to school with someone very big in the industry. Um, his, his name is Larry Gordon. Larry Gordon is a major producer and I'm pretty sure he was president of 20th Century Fox. I'm, I may have my names wrong, but so my daddy called him up and said, you know, would you meet Debbie and give her some advice? So I went in his office Number one, the office was the most gorgeous thing I had ever seen. The wood and the table. I mean, it was, you know, I, I, I it was just stunning. And uh, he sat me down and I, he leaned across the desk, that big, beautiful mahogany desk. And he said, let me tell you something. There are not enough roles for Scarlett O'Hara. You got to get rid of that accent. And then he proceeded to pick up the phone and call Jack Nicholas and say, I've got this Southern Belle. Who should she, who should she study with? And, and, uh, and he started calling, you know, all these famous people and, you know, getting me who I should study with and, and setting me up. And um, would you believe, and again, I, I don't know why I didn't, but I didn't go back to him and push it because I was determined I'm going to make it on my own. I don't want, I don't want, anybody to to uh to take the credit for it if, if i get something it's because i deserve it and i i don't want that and so i never went back to him again <laughs> if i'd been smart i would have been who knows what i've been storing in but I, I really was determined to to get things because of my own talent and not because of who i knew and so that's my big story i i i uh 
I, I it would have, you know, things could have been a lot different. Well, let's break it down into the various pieces. Did you find an agent right away? Uh, you need an agent in LA. Yes, or I, I mean, some people do, some people don't. But did you find an agent right away? I did. I found several agents. I think I went through several agents. And I remember I had one agent who was a commercial agent. And, you know, I, I wanted, I took my craft seriously. Um, I worked hard. I, I went to acting classes and, um, you know, I, I wanted to play all the characters, you know, stripped down the, the no makeup. I wanted to play, you know, the old ladies. Like I really wanted to stretch and, and work on, you know, my, uh, my acting. And uh, so this commercial agent, sent me for some interviews and I always got up to be the Spanish for the Spanish roles. Well, I'm from Mississippi and you know, I have an accent, but not a Spanish one. And my Spanish is not too good. Although I did study it for a while. So I'd always get down to like the last two people. And I remember, I think for my very last audition it was between me and, and the, the uh, woman who won Miss Texas, Miss USA and Miss universe. And she was Hispanic. It was between the two of us. And then the director looked at us and said something in Spanish to me. And I was like, just give it to her. Oh, my God. What you're saying. And I remember calling up my agent. And I said, please don't send me out for any more commercials. Because, you know, you'd go and they'd say, okay, sleep on camera. We just want to see you close your eyes, look what it looks like to sleep. And I just felt like it was um, not taking me in the direction that I wanted to take for my acting and my performance. And so I I just said no more, no more commercials. But um I, uh, I did end up doing a lot of spokesperson work and um, I represented probably over 150 companies, uh, including Dell Computers and Polaroid. And so that that took me in a in a different direction as well. But uh, no commercials, no more commercials is what I told them. And then um, the next layer, managers, good, bad, indifferent. Uh, all three. <laughs> I know, um, I've been there. You, you know. know, I think it takes a very special uh, person to to be a manager who really gets the talent and and understands it. Um, I did uh, have someone, uh, probably who was the last person who who worked with me um, before I ended up moving and, and leaving LA, and uh, got a. a a few parts in, in some movies and, it, you know, he, he got me and he knew what to submit me for. Um, but I think truthfully, if you don't go after it yourself, then it, it's, it's hard to get. So in my case, I really didn't rely on any agent and any manager. And um, I, I was the one you know, pushing myself. And I, I didn't compete with anybody else. I just only competed with myself. And that's the way I, st I still am. Uh, I'm very competitive with myself. Um, you know, if I can be better tomorrow than I am today. That's then, my philosophy. That's um, it. You know, I'm ahead. Rose will tell you that's my philosophy. Every well, day. It's, a, it's a great philosophy. And, you know, Richard, I just, I don't like to rely on anybody else to get anything done for me. So uh, I, I remember there was a, a time, I shouldn't say this and tell this, but who cares at this point? But uh, I think I would call, 
I would find out if there was a role and I would call and I would put on a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> With a Southern tent in it. <laughs> You know, I, I agree with I, I totally agree with that. I, I would use my my middle name and the name of you know last name of uh, my fiance Silver. My middle name was Lynn, and I think I used to call it Mrs. Lynn Silver. That boy, that sounds more Spanish than British. But <laughs> <laughs> now you can go back for those Spanish roles, right? See now who knew? But um, but anyway, I, uh, I I I got a few things because you know I I submitted myself for it. And um, so I, I think it's, it's so many things involved, but I think the biggest thing over talent is just luck, you know, mm -hmm. being in the right place at the right time. Well, I want to talk about being at the right place at the right time, because you have had the good fortune of singing with some of the greatest people in the business. But as I also say, they've had the great pleasure of singing with you. So nice. So, and it's true, but I want to ask, what do you consider your first break in this business where you went, oh, my God, this is really happening? I, I think it was when I got the role in a chorus line. Um, that to me was just over the top incredible because uh, there were people who had done it in New York and um, that were involved and had been on Broadway. And, you know, as we know, I chose the L.A. path. So uh, it, it made me so happy to to be on stage and to, and to be able to do that. So I think that was I, I look back at that as one of my big stepping stones, I think. And how did that change your life? I, I mean, what did that do for you as an actress? I mean, obviously, I would assume that it gave you another boost of confidence in terms of what you were able to accomplish. But and how long were you with the show before moving on to other things? Well, it was a it was a, a short run. It was a, a set run. But what it did is I just started getting roles after that um, and people who had been involved with the show or saw me in the show started calling me. And um, so, so th I think that really helped. It was, it, it got me seen, you know, mm -hmm. and, and uh, that's why I like with my show that I have now with glitter and grits and all that jazz, I got through telling somebody today, I just need to get this show seen and, and then it can take off because that's what happens with most of my shows. People don't, don't know it. And I'm not a household name, uh, like so many of the people that I'm sure you are used to interviewing, but I, uh, when people see me, that's when I get the following. Well, I want to, I'm going to show another clip if you don't mind. And this clip is, uh, really, uh, of today because, uh, when COVID hit, you came up with this great song and it went viral. And uh, you've got a lot of industry people to record this song. So I'm going to share the song, and then we're going to talk about this on the other side. Uh, so uh, I think I don't even need to name the song because I think you know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> so uh, let me pull this up, and uh, we'll talk about this on the other side. Here it is. the COVID-19 blues Cause I've been paying my COVID dues Everything that could go wrong did 
But I simply refuse to quit I got the COVID-19 blues They ain't going away Shutting down. This was bad and about to get worse. It's a plague on the universe, and we thank all the heroes who bravely put other lives first. I got, I got the COVID-19 Before uh, uh. second verse, we're gonna back and do another chunk. <coughs> One, two. Okay, starting again at the top. Let's hit it, Philly. Here we go. I got the COVID nineteen blues. They ain't going away. Then the COVID nineteen blues. 
I've got the COVID-19 blues. I don't have time to sing. I'm shopping. Oh, come on, eBay. I need my Bob Mackie back. <laughs> I have somebody in my video. <laughs> this is so cute. I got the COVID-19 blues. Just a little bit of blues. 19 times in a row. Bye bye, darling. See you later, COVID. That is just brilliant. And I want to point out that Cher, Randy Roberts, I just, <laughs> you know, Randy and I, I mean, he was mentioned in last night's show as well. Randy and I headlined at Trump's Taj Mahal in Atlantic City. Really? Yes. <laughs> he does such a great job. He's phenomenal. And, he and uh, I, I, I was so, I enjoyed watching that. I haven't seen it in so long. It just brought such a smile to my face and I appreciate everybody partaking in that. No, it is a brilliant, brilliant piece. Um, as we begin to wrap up tonight, uh, I end my shows with my homage to James Lipton inside the actor's studio. I've got some random questions here that I have pulled just to give a, an overview of you and to give everyone a, a little bit more about you. And while we're doing this, as I said at the beginning of the show tonight, the word for tonight is mastery. And as you can see, you truly have mastered it. You know what you're doing and whether you think uh, you still have a way to go. And of course, life is a process and we all continue to grow. And I can't wait to see what's ahead. Uh, but we're going to get a chance to get a little bit uh, to know you a little bit better through these questions, I hope. Uh, and the first question is, what would make your life more comfortable and exciting in the days ahead? Well, I feel like I'm back in a pageant here. Uh, <laughs> you are. <laughs> it is. Um, so what would make my life more comfortable? Oh, my gosh. If I just had more time. I need more time in a day. I need time to unpack my suitcases in between. I mean, seriously, I need time just to, to, to get the things done that I want to get done, uh, not only in my career, but just in my house. Um, I think time is something that can never be completely mastered. I think uh, time is, is so precious, whether it's time to get things done that you need to get done or just time with the people you love. Uh, that that's to me is the most important thing. We can never have enough time with the people we love. And uh, I'm very fortunate to have both of my parents with us. They, they live up the street and I'm, I wish I had more time, to, you know, to, to see them every day. Cause they're always telling me come over, which uh, I'm going to see them soon. But um, that's something time with my kids, time with my husband, time with my dogs. I mean, time is precious. And uh, I, I would kill to just have an extra 24 hours in every day. That's wonderful. Uh, what is the most important action that you feel that you've taken in the past week when it comes to your career? 
in the past week, I uh, actually just um, set up to do uh, going to the studio actually on Friday with um, Charlie Colello, who uh, was one of the basically one of the Jersey boys. Uh, he was with Frankie Valley. He uh, he stepped in for a while in the four seasons, but he also um, produced a lot of their music and arranged it. And Charlie is uh, working uh, with me. We're doing uh, a couple of duets, one with Ronnie Millsap. Wow. And uh, one with Pam Tillis. Wow. Um, and uh, uh, and then we're doing a, a couple of my own tunes. And um, what I we finally, we've been working on this for so long, trying to figure out what the songs are that we're doing. And I'm so thrilled that uh, it kind of hit me yesterday uh, morning and I, I called Charlie up and just said, I know the songs now. I got it because we've been going on and on for like a year going back and forth. And um, so we're, we're in, we're, we're doing this. That's wonderful. Um, I think I know the answer to this next question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, do you practice gratitude? And if so, if you can name uh, five things that you're grateful for today. Let me tell you, I, I am so grateful all the time. And um, I, I, I think that is one of the most important things a person could be because uh, you wouldn't be anywhere, number one, without the people around you um, who help you get to where you're going, whether that's your friends, your family, your teachers. Um, and I'm just, I'm so grateful. And I feel so fortunate to have such a loving family. Uh, to me, um, God comes first, but right under that, it's my family. And I, I'm, I'm so so, so grateful. I'm, um, I'm grateful to, uh, truly have a, a, a husband who's so supportive of my career and, um, who loves music so much. We have the best time picking out songs for my album and, um, he's, he's picked out some of the greatest ones. Um, uh, wait, I'm supposed to name five things, right? Well, you've named three right there. Well, I'm so grateful for my puppies because I have to tell you when my kids left for college. What do you have? Huh? What do you have? I have puppies. Uh, I, I have uh, two right now, a miniature Schnauzer and a Morky, uh, which is a Maltese and a Yorkie mix. Now I want to see, I want to see, is the more, is the Morky nearby? Uh, no, but if anybody's hearing or listening, <laughs> bring her in. we have her locked up so she wouldn't be okay. jumping. No, up. I could bring my, I could, I have a Maltese. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. I saw it when Rob Russell was on because he yes. was in my sugar over Thanksgiving and she was in his, in his interview. Yes. And I do, I'm going to take a moment. Uh, uh, and I want to send my condolences to Brooke. Yes. Uh, you know, and, uh, I know that, uh, Brooke is your assistant. Uh, and, uh, uh, is going through a difficult time today. So my yeah. heart goes out yeah. to Brooke. Put her precious dog to sleep this yes. morning. So uh, that, that is the worst. It's and and the that's worst. why I, I feel, you know, I'm so grateful that I have people in my lives that are in my lives. Like I have many, like this mm. is paranormal day, right? Paranormal day, it's there. Yeah. But um, in my, I have people in my life, um, you know, who are so precious to me because I, I have lost quite a few people as we all have, and especially in the past year or so during the, the pandemic. And um, I, I'm just grateful for the time that I got to spend with them. And um, 
I, uh, I also, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm so, I I can't just pick one thing or five things to be grateful for because whenever anything happens, I just always want to say, thank you, God. You know, I'm, I'm thankful for my health and, and my family's health. I was 58 days uh, in the beginning of the pandemic, 58 days in isolation, which um, caused me to write that song because I knew when I came out of having COVID, I wanted to do something to help others. And in this case, I wanted to help people who really had um, lost uh, so much of their opportunities in the entertainment business. So I uh, put uh, together the song to raise money for the Jazz Foundation of America, as well as the Actors Fund. And uh, so when people play that song, the uh, the funds are still being raised. And so I, I would love to encourage everybody to 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 listen to it and play that. And um, can we tell them about my music before we go? Absolutely. And we're going to put all of uh, all that information is going to be, by the way, all of those links that uh, were sent to me are all on YouTube. Oh, great. So everything is there. So that all that uh, absolutely people can contribute to ALS. All of that information is there. Terrific. Well, thank you. And um, and that's the other thing, I guess, I'm so grateful to have worked with some of the masters in this business by having Ray Benson produce Glitter and Grits. Uh, Ray is, is in his 50th year with Asleep at the Wheel. He leads that band. And if the, your listeners and the people who are viewing do not know Asleep at the Wheel, you should check them out because they are truly masters in Western swing. And we mixed Western swing and jazz and came out with some really, really fun music. And we just had the best time putting it together. It, it wasn't like we had any charts or anything, Richard. We just went in the studio and started playing around and uh, and came out with something that um, uh, spells F-U-N. And that when people hear that album, that's the first thing they they say. It just puts a smile on on, on their faces. And, and it certainly did on all of ours. And, um, and then I've got uh, a new project. I uh, am recording with the Count Basie Orchestra. Oh, wow. And um, it's being produced by Steve Jordan. And uh, Steve Jordan is currently the drummer for the Rolling Stones. Mm. Replaced Charlie Watts. And Steve is also the uh, music director for the Jazz Foundation of America. And that's where we met because COVID-19 Blues uh, is, is going to help the Jazz Foundation of America. And um, Steve is absolutely brilliant. And when it comes to jazz, he knows you name it, whoever it is, any jazz musician, whether they play uh, what instrument, you know, what year, anything. He's just like a walking encyclopedia of that. And I have learned so much from him. Now, he is a master. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He is a master in jazz. And Charlie Watts, who left the Rolling Stones, sadly, uh, when he passed away this year, um, he was a, a, a jazz aficionado as well. So it was very appropriate that, that Steve took his place. And then another master, um, very fortunate to have worked with a Steve Tyrell. Oh, and, yeah. and, and you mentioned earlier, Steve is producing uh, a duet with Diane Shore and myself, and we're working with Tony Orlando on a couple of tunes. And uh, Steve and I actually have a duet uh, that, that's going to be coming out soon. We've been um, holding off on releasing it, so we're going to release it probably in a couple of months. And so I'm thrilled to get that out. He's he's like my big brother, uh, and I he'll love him. He's just the best. Really is. 
Well, I want to give a shout out to Howard Tucker because you mentioned Charlie er earlier who arranged uh, with uh, Frankie Valley. Right. And today you mentioned another paranormal moment. Today is Frankie Valley's birthday. So wow. uh, happy birthday, Frankie Valley. Birthday. Yes. So um, I want to ask, uh, how did you find yourself creating uh, Glitter and Grits? And was there uh, a, a certain moment working on this CD that stands out above all others when you said, wow, this is it? You know what? Uh we, we had come up with 12 songs and we recorded them all in the recording studio. And then uh, Ray Benson and I were at his home and we, he has a studio at home. We were going through everything and we just said, you know what? Let's do one more song. And uh, everybody had already, we had checked out of the studio. And so Ray just called the whole gang, everybody back in. And it was, it was the probably the coolest experience of my recording that entire album because he put everybody in a different room. The drummer was in the basement. The guitarist was in the bathroom. The fiddle player was in the kitchen. Uh, I was in a closet somewhere and we all had headsets on. And it was, it was so much fun because everybody's making jokes and we're all laughing and you can't see anybody because you're in a different room in the house. And, uh, and we recorded uh, deep in the heart of Texas. Wow. And I, it, you know, it just we kind of came to life, and and it was just everybody's personality and their heart and soul were in this project. But again, I go back to that whole thing about being fun. And so when I started sending it to look for a, a distributor and figure out how we were going to put this out, everybody wrote back and said, "Oh my gosh, I had so much fun listening to this. This this was." Uh, you know, really put a smile on my face. And it's exactly what we need at this time because it was 2020 and it was during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm just thrilled that we were able to to do that and, and, you know, bring some happiness to people. And we are going to be doing it again in, uh, in a little while. So stay tuned. We got are glitter you bringing it to New too. York? What? Are you bringing it to New York? Um, okay, so uh, I do have a show. It's called Glitter and Grits and All That Jazz. And I certainly plan on bringing it to New York. And the, the great thing about the show is that uh, I, I don't just have musicians with me. I have entertainers. So Casey Abrams uh, is on bass, and he's an incredible singer. You saw him in the COVID-19 Blues. You've seen him on American Idol. He's traveling with Postmodern Jukebox right now. He's so great, and we sing together and dance together. I have a, a saxophone player, Jesse Jones Jr., who is just a jazz legend. Not only is he fabulous on the sax, he can scat like crazy, oh. tap dance. I mean, he, he he takes the the mouthpiece off his sax and is scatting through it. I mean, he's uh, he's hysterical and just will blow you away with his talent. And our fiddle player will come out and clog and sing. And then um, Summer Camargo is my trumpet, has played trumpet in Glitter and Grits and all that jazz. And Summer is a third year at Juilliard. And she is the protege of Wynton Marsalis. And he's actually working with her on her new CD. And let me tell you something. You will rarely hear someone that will blow you away like summer. I mean, she just brought the house down and, and, um, and Nick Petrillo is our musical director and he is a genius. And he 
can play all the glitter and grit stuff. And and my whole glitter and grits album, um, Floyd Domino, who is uh, probably one of the best in the entire world on the stride piano and the boogie woogie, um, hardly anybody can can match that. And uh, this fabulous Nick Petrillo is able to do everything so clean. And um, I would just love, I, I'm, I'm planning on uh, touring it and bringing it to a city near you. And, uh, and, and just would love for people to see the show because I'm able to showcase these masters. I mean, they are really masters at their craft. And, uh, and I'm, I'm so happy. I, I told them all when I, when I first brought them together, um, it was, it was, uh, the show was, um, Directed by Jeff Calhoun. Uh, oh my God! Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, you got the best. Uh, Jeff is great, and Tommy Tunes, the one that introduced me to Jeff. And uh, I mean, Jeff. For for those of you out there who don't know, Jeff uh, is currently doing nine to five for Dolly, but he, right. he did um, High School Musical. He did uh, 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 Newsies. Um, and check out my interview with him right here on oh, this platform. Oh. Yes. Okay. And Ivan Menchel was one of the writers who um, he, he's got a show right now. He writes a lot with uh, Frank Wildhorn. Bonnie and Clyde is in uh, London right now. And Ivan's just brilliant. And I had some really incredible masters. And another thing I'm grateful for, I mean, I'm grateful to, to be able to work with such masters. And um, so I just can't wait to, to get the show out and get it seen because when I brought everybody together, the first thing I told everybody in the cast is I want you to steal the show. And, you know, that that's what, what I think everybody did. I, everybody had their shining moment. And um, I, I, I love that, you know, because I tell them, well, I was kidding when you're, I said to steal the show. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I love the fact that you say that, though. I just love it. Yeah, but no, I, and I, I really, really meant it because I just want to showcase. I mean, I'm, I'm so fortunate to have such talent around me. I like to share. Why not? You know, let everybody just enjoy it. So it's, it's almost like a, a, a live jam session on stage and it's a party because you don't know what anybody's going to say and everybody's just throwing stuff out and, you know, and then you know, I turn around and start responding to it. And um, again, it's that word, I guess that should be my word for the day. F U N fun, because it's, it's a, it's a fun show too, just like the glitter and grits album is. So I hope people will, will listen to that. And then, um, listen to uh i have a duet with ann hampton calloway out called sunny side of the street and it's on my ep that i love the philosophy so much of what sunny side of the street uh shares with us that i titled my ep sunny side that's and wonderful no well uh, you know and uh, you couldn't get any good people to work with obviously i know, I know. especially <laughs> bill medley of the righteous brothers now you know talk about <laughs> Well, this next question is going to be a difficult question for you then with all that you've just said. Uh, out of everything, you know, we as the observer look at a person's career and we go, wow, that's great. That's great. That's great. But internally, what do you feel is the highest thing of value that you have achieved? Well, actually, that's an easy one because it's my children. Oh. Um, my children... Uh, really understand and get what it means to help others. And um, when my sister got ALS, both of them jumped right in uh, and created um, 
charities basically or uh to, to help raise money for a cure um, my daughter put together um a, a a thing called hope heart by madison and she's an artist and in fact they're right here she um she made these uh the stationery. she was 11 and she painted these pictures um and put it in in stationery. they're they're all they're all different pictures of the word hope and um and she i i'm proud because you know we taught her that, you know, you don't just ask for, you know, a, put a price on certain things, just ask for the donation. And let me tell you, people's hearts were opened. And uh, in in six six weeks, she raised $60,000. And she was Bless her. 11 and uh, 12 at that point by the time it got out. And, um, and my son, the, the same thing. Uh, he, he put together many fundraisers, including the first battle for the band's Battle of the Bands to Battle ALS. And we got celebrity judges in South Florida and put everybody together. And um, we, we, you know, we, we fight so hard for a cure because we told my sister, if you have it, we all have it. And we're not going to stop. And we're going to fight to the very end until a cure is found. And um, so I think that um, the, the sincerity and the generosity that my children um, show uh, I, I feel like I've accomplished uh, what I'm here to do on this earth, and that's to um, help people open their hearts to help others. Well, wow. And you've mastered that as well. That's well, incredible. I'm trying. I'm trying. I haven't mastered anything for sure. Uh, did you make any new connections this week prior to tonight? Oh, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Um, well, you, yeah. <laughs> I hadn't met you yet. And so no. now I, no, I, stay, I hope we're going to stay in touch. Oh, you're just, a, you're a, you're a shining light. You're amazing. I'm counting on that. I can't wait to yes. meet you and hug you in person. Yeah. Same here. Um, what's the best thing that you've ever, I mean, uh, you've traveled all over the world and uh, I love, uh, I love food. I'm a gourmand. What, what's the greatest food that you've ever tasted anywhere that you've traveled? And do you cook yourself? Well, yes, I do cook uh, when I have time. Everything I do, I, I basically make up. If I follow a recipe, I, I throw my own ideas in it. But the best thing I've ever had was my grandmother's chocolate cake. I am a board certified chocoholic. <laughs> Uh, I get it from my parents. I mean, it's just inherited. I've never met a piece of chocolate I didn't love. And this cake, I've been through all her recipes. Faye was my grandmother's name. And I've been through all of her recipes. And I, I haven't found the one that is that cake. But uh, we're, we're, still, we're still trying them. But that, that will, it, it just left an impression. I can taste it. I can see it. I can smell it. And uh, I will never forget that, that chocolate cake. And that came out of Lexington, Mississippi, uh, with a population, um, well, probably less than like 3,000 people. So <laughs> it was a good chocolate cake. Good for you, Faye. My yeah. grandmother also had made a great chocolate cake. Uh, did, you, did you ever experience any prejudice in your career? And if so, how did you get through it? Well, you're talking to a Jewish girl raised in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, so I um, experienced it my entire life. Wow. Uh, and I'm sorry about that. 
but uh, and and uh, if the Ku Klux Klan had their way, I wouldn't be here today. They blew up my synagogue, and it was planned to be when I was there in Sunday school. But the bomb oh went off early. I'm so sorry. Went off during the night. Luckily, and and talk about another thing. You know, being grateful for is is timing. Um, and uh, you know how I deal with it with education. I like to educate people because sometimes I think people are prejudiced because they don't understand. Thank you. And they don't know. So the more that uh, I can teach someone about someone who's different than they are, uh, I think I've actually turned a few people around because people sometimes are just ignorant and they don't know or they follow what they grew up hearing. And um, th that's something uh, that's important important to me is to always make sure that, uh, you know, things like, uh, I mean, look what we're, look what's happening in Ukraine right now. And you always say, you know, never again with the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's, uh, those are issues very, very close to my heart. Wow. Well, God bless you. And I'm sorry that your family endured this. Um, can you create the backstory? And I, I think you already have, uh, with what's next for you. Uh, I think you've already answered that question with the projects that you're working on. Is there anything that you haven't shared with us about a project that you're working on that's coming up that you're very excited about? Uh, well, um, I do. I am uh, in the middle of, of, of these duets, like I said, and um, I, I've get, I'm going to get through with the, the Charles Colello collection. Um, and, and Steve Jordan and I have a few other surprises uh, besides the Count Basie Orchestra that we're going to be coming out with. But um, since he took the job with the Rolling Stones, he's now back on tour till August. So we had to put that off. But uh, it's been uh, interesting, so interesting working with him because he has to be in a bubble um, because he's, you know, right there with, the Rolling Stones. And um, so everything we have had to do has been on Zoom. And um, uh, I'm really looking forward to in August getting in the studio and, you know, being there face to face and, and getting through this as well. But um, I have, uh, I also have, and who knows when it'll ever get out. I have a, a, a movie or a book haven't decided which it is. My son calls it a boovie, <laughs> but it's been written all on this phone. <laughs> so one day when I have that time that we never get enough of, it's going to be transferred. But um, I, I have so many things and life is so short. I just, I just want to uh, choose my bar mitzvah pictures because literally my kids were bar mitzvahed, you know, half their life ago and um i haven't had a chance to put the albums together i want to i want to transfer all my photo albums and everything and, and you know you got to move everything to the cloud you got to keep keeping up with everything and uh that's what charlie colello and i were talking about today i said i have a song it's on a cassette tape that i did and he said oh what <laughs> so it's there's just so much to do and um I try, I try. I, I go to bed sometimes at two in the morning and get up at six, but. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. And when you're ready, you're always got a seat in this. Uh, we're going to give away uh, some glitter and grits right now. Uh, and uh, let's go here and let's click here. And uh, let's see who our winner is going to be tonight. They're all winners. Uh, all so every one of you. 
So thank you for being here. Pam Stubbs, she's a winner a lot because she shows up. So That's Pam, awesome. uh, I will put you in touch with Deborah and uh, Deborah, will you sign it for Pam and get oh, it? Oh, I'd love to. That'll be great. I'm going to take this off and we'll put you in touch with each other. Uh, and then I'm going to bring this up closer. Okay. Don't go anywhere for a moment, Deborah. I want to say a few words and then I'm going to give you the final word tonight. Um, uh, again, the word for tonight is uh, mastery. Uh, we saw, uh, this was like a master class for me. You are just so amazing. And uh, I want to thank two people here, uh, Tesla Bella and Rosa Puzo. Um, and I want to share with all of you that the work that I do, uh, putting this show together, um, I don't do it alone. Uh, these two women work tirelessly to get the word out for what I do. Uh, Lisa Rodrigo uh, does it as well. Uh, and all of you who share what I do, you tell other people about it, you leave comments, all the work that you do, um, I don't take it lightly. It means the world to me. Uh, and I consider all of you masters at that. Um, social media is about three things. And I've said this before and I sound like a broken record, but it's worth repeating. It's liking and it's commenting and it's sharing. Um, I've posted about this today, Funny Girl on Broadway. Uh, Beanie Feldstein um, is, was hired to do a job and she's doing the best job she can. And there are a lot of haters out there. She's not Barbara Streisand. She never set out to be Barbara Streisand. She's not trying to be Barbara Streisand. Let her do her job and let her live her authentic life. She's creating art. She shows up at the theater every night in the midst of a community uh, that wants to tear her down. Critics who haven't seen the show are writing negative things about her. It's not necessary. Let's support each other. Let's celebrate each other. Let's build each other up. That's what mastery is about. It's building each other up, not tearing each other down. Uh, I thank each of you for being here tonight. Uh, if this is your first time watching this show, I hope it will not be your last. My goal is to celebrate artists and their body of worth. Leave a comment on uh, YouTube after the show. Let others know what you think about the show and share it around. I also end every show by telling you we want to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Go to your Facebook friends list and go to the fifth name that pops up and reach out with a phone call. Not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, but a phone call. And let that person know what they mean to you. And this is what I want you all to do. Deborah, where do you prefer that people buy your CD? Uh, well, right now it's it's streaming. It's also on Amazon. Okay. But all of my music is streaming. So whether it's on... Uh, That's how I listen to whatever, it. Yeah, whatever their... Thank you. Whatever the, your favorite streaming site is, uh, is, is where it is. And, and I, I prefer the streaming because I can uh, mention his name like I can uh, right now say, um, uh, well, mine is named Ziggy. And I can say, Ziggy, uh, play Deborah Silver. Resuming Amazon music. <laughs> That's great. And there she is. I was walking along. 
Biggie, stop. I listened to this after the show. And, so, and that's, that's uh, Freddie Cole, which yes. we didn't get to talk about. Nat King Cole's brother. And uh, I was so lucky to have Freddie in my life. And we did a duet of Orange Colored Sky. Yes, it's beautiful. Bless. I've been listening to you all day in preparation for the show. But my point is that you can go to Amazon and you can listen to it. But some people do prefer to have a CD. So what you can do is you can go to Amazon.com and you can order two CDs. You can keep one for yourself and then you can send one to the fifth friend on your friends list. And you can say, this is a gift because you mean a lot in my life. So that's what we can do for each other. Let's build each other up. Let's let that be our goal. As my dear friend, Sean Moniker says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. And I always say, if you're going to go out in a boat, make sure you bring a skipper along. <laughs> so Deborah, I'm going to leave the screen and I'm going to give you the final word. Anything that you want to say about anything that we talked about tonight that you want to build upon, anything that we didn't talk about that you wish we had, or just any message that you want to put out as your closing remarks tonight. Uh, don't worry about how to end the show. As soon as you say goodbye, the final credits will start to roll. I thank you for being here. You are, I can't say it enough, a master a mistress, you are incredible, and I'm a fan of yours, and uh, you're welcome here anytime, and uh, when you plan your dates in New York, call me before you plan the dates, because I want to make sure I'm available, oh so uh, thank you, thank I cannot wait to be there, so I will see you, and it's all yours. Well, thank you so much, and first of all, I just want to say to Richard, I'm a fan of yours, and I think you are the master, so I, I never claimed to be a master, so let's just get that one straight. I will be learning the rest of my life. But um, what I, I guess how I, I would like to end the show is uh, tell y'all what glitter and grits means and how I came up with that name. Um, when, I, when I put that album together, glitter is the Western swing music. They used to dance in the dance halls and get all dressed up. And the grits is, I mean, the band uh, is about as down to earth as possible. And, uh, you know, and, and we all, I'm from the South. And, you know, to me, um, it's, it's what's inside that counts. And uh, so I had a, a lot of people with a lot of wonderful grit inside them. And in, in a world today where, they tend to label people a lot. I think there should be no labels. And I think we should really celebrate the glitter in everyone and value the grit in everyone, because I think the world would be an even more special place uh, with, with that. And um, if we could master for the word of the day, if we could master being able to do that and to celebrate everyone's glitter and value their grits, uh, I think, uh, I think we would all be able to to get along and um, hopefully solve some of the problems and issues out there in the world. But in the meantime, please listen to my music. It's uh, you would go to my website, DebraSilverMusic.com, and I am streaming, uh, and I have uh, some music that is just waiting to be listened to. And I hope to see y'all. And uh, feel free, write me, write me on social media, and follow me. I could use the followers. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all. Have a wonderful night and God bless you all. Goodbye.